Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This must be very slim. It's scored. Hi, welcome to my podcast, Total BS, in 2021. I'd like to thank Lucid Technology, Ocean Lighting, Galaxy Blinds and Cornerstone for sponsoring the podcast. Well, the transfer window's come and gone. Delighted we got a couple of new faces in before the deadline. Lang, if that's how you pronounce his name, and, and Neeskins. Uh, both wingers. Uh, one obviously knows the backgrounds and the makeup and the characters uh, and what they can bring to the table. 
Uh, let's hope those two along with Velassi can enhance their attacking intent. It's something that we need to improve on. It's just a pity all three are wingers. I mean, none of them are prolific goal scorers or out-and-out goal scorers. Not a lot of the, a lot of those type of players going about these days, but three wingers. Uh, Lewis Wing, no surprise, he has gone out and loan. He's went to Rotherham. Uh, barely had a kick under Warnock since he came in the door. And it'll be good for the lad. You know, he's obviously gone there and loan, but it'll be good for the lad. But no surprise, and definitely no surprise, that Roberts has uh, disappeared through the exit door. Too much of a footballer for Warnock. I've said this in the past. I don't know why he won't ever sign him, if he signed him. But he lacks height, stature and aggression, takes chances in possession. It's something Warnock doesn't encourage or sanction, so no surprise that he's gone. Never got a game or hardly got a kit under Warnock this season. And Nathan Wood, been in the first team recently, uh, did okay, but he's still part of his learning process. He's going out and loan. And personally, I think it's good for his development. And I'm sure he has a bright future at Middlesbrough. Um, if he's not so correctly, and I'm sure he will be. So good luck to good luck to Roberts, good luck to Woods, and uh, obviously good luck to the new signings. But obviously, despite all the activity, and, and I was happy with what we did in the in the window, but obviously disappointed we didn't get a striker. I'm sure Warner's disappointed. I mean, I read a quote from Warner. I've just jotted it down here in this bit of paper. It says, "I never expected to get another striker." If I'm honest. I couldn't see another striker who was available who was better than what we had. Do I believe that? Definitely not. I think there's a bit of kidology there by Warnock. I mean, when the, the window closed and he can't get a striker in for whatever reason, whether it was lack of money, lack of funding, players not wanting to come in short-term contracts, whatever the reason, Warnock knows that the players especially the, the attack-minded players or the, the, the centre-forwards or so-called centre-forwards, they read the papers, listen to radio, read social network, and he knows now he has to get them back on board. But the one for me, the biggest problem he's got is a son belonger. Obviously, it was, it was public knowledge he was possibly on his way and we'd sanctioned a move and we were getting a couple of million, whatever. Never materialised. But a son belonger for me is the biggest problem and dilemma. I mean, is he going to pull up all the stops and roll up his sleeves and go for it and try and get us into the, uh, to finish in the top six. I think it's unlikely. I mean, he knows he's off. It's no secret. His priority is avoiding injury so he can pick up a, a boatload of money at the end of the season. So is he going to go into a 50-50 ball or a 60-40 ball? I don't think so. As I say, we try to look after he's selling not injured so he can get a good move and, and a right few, few more quid in his bank account. Um... A few questions, one for you, John. It says, Bernie, Mendes Lane arrived with a bit of baggage. Would you have signed them? You know, when people go this route and, and look at the downside the players we bring in, not, not to do with football, off the field activities or whatever, I don't know what the problem is with this lad. I've read a few people saying, oh, he should be this, and why are we going for, for him when he's got this baggage? But without doubt, we should go for him. If he was a poor footballer, I don't want to go for him. It's nothing to do with football and ability, I'm led to believe. But I agree with Warnock deserves a second chance. And that's one of the, the, the big problems in today's society and culture. Anyone does say anything out of sync, they're hung, drawn and quartered, they're castrated, they're isolated. I'm not a fan of that culture. We all make mistakes. And in today's society, the PPC plonkers, and I call them plonkers, if you're one of them, then I'm talking about you, they want to stop opinions, close the bait down, and get people sacked, everything and anything. They don't want anyone to get another chance. And that's a sad thing about today's society. 
I mean, if I was, here's, and I'm, I'm, I'm spreading it now, I'm just probably gone in depth now, but if I was in radio, which I have been over the years for many years, successful in the radio, says what I wanted, wasn't dictated by anybody, if I was on the TV now, or the radio, and someone asked, do you prefer a woman or a man commentator? And I answered, well, I prefer a man. Well, I'd be classed as sexist. And I'd probably get the sack. How sad is that? Somebody asks your opinion, you give it openly and honestly, but then you're pigeonholed in class as sexist because you would rather have a man commentator than a woman. It's absolute bollocks, hogwash, nonsense. Call it what you like. I don't know what world you live in. It's not the same world as me. If I'm watching Strictly Come Dancing, and I can assure you, I definitely don't watch that. Even my missus doesn't watch that, right? But if you were asked, do you, would you rather see a man and a woman dancing or, or two... Two men dancing, and I says, as I say, I don't watch it, so I mean, get it, but I'm just trying to get. Then I would say, well, I'd like to see a man and a woman dancing. Oh, he's homophobic. You're sacked. So you've lost another job because you've opened your mouth. And then if I was asked, and I know people have been asked in the past, and, and, and people I admire in the, the music industry, one guy got asked uh, if you were, or he said, if you were. You wanted a next door neighbour, would you want somebody with your own culture and background or would you like somebody if you're broad? And he says, I'd like them from their own culture. Classed as a racist. What are you on about, a racist? If you ask a question, you answer openly and honestly, you shouldn't be pigeonholed to be anything. And we all know that the, the people that are on TV and radio, I look at football, I concentrate on football, that's my main topic, my main subject that I get involved in. And I watch the radio and TV, and it's saturated, and you know what I'm talking about, and nobody will debate it, and nobody will talk about it, because they're all feared of the sack. I'm not, I'm not feared of the sack. Who can sack me? They're in there because they tick the boxes. They're not the best. They're in because they tick the boxes. And it's obvious, and it's embarrassing. It's, it's absolutely embarrassing. i tell you what it does highlight. It does highlight, and I've never thought about it watching football over the years, but it highlights they have been neglecting people. But now because they're under pressure, oh, we'll bout it and we'll do it and we'll do everything, we'll take all the boxes and we'll get it right. They don't really want to employ these people, but they are employing them. And they're not employing the best, they're employing because, it, as I say, it ticks the boxes and fits the criteria. And it's a farce, especially for those like the BBC and Sky and all those that charges for what we pay to watch games or whatever um, but we don't the charges but we don't get our choices to who or what goes in there they just they're just doing it for their own gain they're not putting the best when I watch football I want to see the best the best pundits I want to see the, the people that's played in world cups at the top level played in uh, world cup finals or European cup finals at that level but everybody's the thing is we want an open and honest debate and unfortunately in this country, uh, it's gone. You know, society shuts people down, everyone's telling lies. Our country should be called fake Britain. No Great Britain, fake Britain. Because everyone's faking it. If those guys on the telly that I watch regular were asked about this or that, they would, and they were allowed without getting sacked or knocked or criticised or a gun at their head, they would open up. But they, they won't. You know... I say I've heard in the past people saying it's United Kingdom D-U-M-B because everyone or no one's allowed to give their opening honest opinion for the fear of the sack. 
It's a joke. It gets my it really, and I've got mates that played the game early years and big names, and and I've spoke to loads of them. They all share the same opinion, but none of them dare say it in public. None of them dare say it in radio. None of them because they would lose their jobs. So you're living in fake Britain, not Great Britain. Uh, Bernie, who would you play up front for the remainder of the season? At Pom Fletcher and a Sombolonga. That'd be Jim. Jim, obviously, if everybody was fit. Uh, I would say, first of all, it might be none of those trio. He may stick Balassi up there. He played against Norwich, did well. The lad without creating a, a rush creating for him and no shots in target, but it might be him. But if I had to pick one of those three, personally, I, I've touched on the Sun Belonga. I don't think he'll be at the races because he knows he's off. Akpom, I just don't think he's good enough. Fletcher has been out injury for a couple of months, so I would, I would give Fletcher the task for now at the end of the season to try and get him in there. And, and see what he can do. Uh, how long... Uh, who's that? Marie. Uh, how long until a woman takes over uh, a professional club? And what would you prefer? <laughs> that's just come in and, and that's on the back of what I've just been saying. Well, I would want a man. Why would I want a man? Because I am a confrontational character. Uh, during my football career, I argued with... No, no fisticuffs, I'm talking verbally. Bruce Rear, Colin Todd... Uh, Lenny Lawrence I've had it with them all I respect women when I wasn't wanting to go overboard if it was a, a female when I talk to a man or a woman I talk to a woman differently and I have done that a lifetime might be my age might be my background but I would never go full hog verbally a, a lady than I would a man so I would want a man for me personally I would want a man um, people say oh you're dated you're dead. a load of junk a load of bollocks Nonsense. We've all got opinions. Let people answer them openly and honestly without being ridiculed or castrated. I would want a man. Me personally, I would want a man. That's why you live with your missus, you're married to your missus, you might have an argument, you get the argument with your missus probably, hey, how many divorces you get in the country, then you go to the dressing room, there's another woman in there telling you what to do and do this and do that. You just heard that in the household for maybe 20 years. I'd be my worst nightmare. Hey, that's my opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion. I'll give my opinion. But um, in the near future, I can see it happening. It's inevitable. The, the way life is in Britain, everything's changing. Well, not everything, but some things are changing. But I honestly think that the idiots out there, and they are idiots, I think with all this PC lot, and you might be one of them, I think you'll get... You're, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The flames, you're making, them, you're making the flames go higher. Because instead of getting them saying, why are you this and why are you that and why have you got that opinion and why do you not think this way? If you debate, you'll get to the bottom of why, why people out there think like that. But nobody's wanting to debate. The debate's over. Is it cancel culture? Is that, is that what they call it? Cancel culture? But uh, as I say, I see a woman uh, get the job. I mean, there was some lady, woman or whatever recently. <laughs> I'm offended because I said lady, a woman, I don't know. But a female gender was offered, or talked about the Wimbledon job, but by all accounts, she wasn't interested. Good on her, she's not interested. Um, Woody says, it was Woody says, what I meant to say is, uh, Jonathan Woodgate, I'm sure you know by now, the other few days ago, he joined uh, Bournemouth as a first team coach. So, me personally, I know Woody, I know his pal, but I know, I know him, obviously, I know him, I see a lot of you, I think he's a good guy. 
Um, but good to see him that he's cut his ties with Middlesbrough and joined Bournemouth. I personally think it's the best thing for Woody to do. Staying at Middlesbrough after being sacked, uh, I personally would have found it embarrassing. You know, coach manager one minute in Middlesbrough and then you're given a lesser role and you're way down the, the ladder. For me, it would have been embarrass embarrassing and humiliating. So good luck to Woody. Um, obviously, he's went down there and within a day, it's changed. Uh, was it Jason T Tindall? He, he's, he's departed, he's left his, his post. And now Woody's in there in charge. Premeditated? <laughs> you bet. Anyway, Borough Brentford tomorrow. Um, Brentford obviously a good side. They've looked at their stats. They're, they're second in the table. 11 points ahead of us. Uh, they've got a game in hand. They've scored 18 more goals than us. So they obviously scored goals in an attacking outfit. And they've conceded two less. Um, so we have to be at our very, very best. And we all know that the Riverside recently we've been poor. Three home defeats. In, in a row, uh, we've conceded five goals and not scored a goal. So really, we need to be at the races tomorrow. I'm sure the new players will, will start. We started a couple last week at Norwich and we did ever so well. But we need to put up another defensive performance, but have to capitalise going the other way. Well, last week I said in an interview, one of the past interviews I've done, and it was uh, the late, great Bobby Mother. I said I did it back in 2005. Well, the following day, one of my, I call my mate, a guy I know, he um, brought it to my attention and, and says, you know, you did well more or less, sort of in, in a sacky way that uh, he'd passed away but in 2001. So apologies for that. There's stickers on these these recordings I've got and obviously it was the wrong sticker. So apologies to anyone out there uh, who may have been offended. And I'm not one to apologise if I don't think it merits it, but I'm a Bobby Murdoch fan. I'm a Glasgow lad. Bobby's a Glasgow. He's my father's idol and hero. Um, so the last thing I would want to do is uh, degrade anybody and I'm just correcting it. Anyway, I played alongside uh, Peter Beersley. Peter Beersley, you know, what a career he's had. Great footballer. Uh, and I, I get good fortune in playing with him in the Stephen Pearce testimonial. Uh, and for the duration of the game, he spoon-fed me. I love to have played with him every week. Unbelievable. You know, beating men, dropping the shoulder, playing you in. Uh, and I've always been a fan of Peter's outstanding footballer. Uh, scored some spectacular goals for the club. Cl uh, clubs like Liverpool, Newcastle, his hometown club, England. Terrific for England. Uh, and I've faced him several times, maybe in five or sides. But I've always been an admirer, often on the pitch. So sit back and listen to a, a candid interview I did with Peter Pearson. Peter, you began your career at Camille. How did you end up there? Well, it was lucky in many ways. I went to Newcastle for a trial, sort of coming towards that time when I went to Carlisle. And I'd been to Carlisle and they invited me back. But uh, I had the chance to sign for Newcastle. But to be honest, I thought at the time they were buying a lot of players under Bill McGarry. And I honestly thought I wouldn't get a chance to break through. So uh, Bob Moncur gave me the chance at Carlisle. And, and within six weeks of going there, I was in the first team. So uh, it was a wise decision in the end. From Carlisle, you ended up Old Trafford signing for Manchester United. What happened there? I wasn't even aware you played for Manchester. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I was. I, uh, <laughs> I played one game in the League Cup. We played Bournemouth. And uh, to be fair, I mean, I went there. It was like on a buyback deal, really. I mean, Vancouver sort of sold me over to, to Manchester United. But then at the end of the season, if they didn't prove a success, they could sort of buy me back for the same fee. And basically, Vancouver just made the interest on the money. So it was a good deal for both people. And uh, Ron Atkinson was a manager. And 
the unlucky thing for me is it was probably the, the time that Norman Whitehead was at his best really he just come in the team you know we'd just been to the World Cup and uh, he was a fantastic player there's no doubt about it so I was just unlucky really and, and at that time I was in the reserves with Mark Hughes you know so yeah. they had no real need to hold on to me as well as Mark Hughes and, and you know it proved a wise decision for them because Mark Hughes went to prove what a great player he was Leaving United to sign for Newcastle was that your personal dream? Yeah, I think I think the way it happened, you know, it uh, to come back and play alongside Kevin Keegan, Chris Waddle, Terry McDermott, you know, we had a fantastic squad there, and it was great really. To come home for me was obviously special, and uh, you know, a lot of the joys didn't even know I was at that time. So uh, it was nice. There was no real pressure initially, and uh, I was able to get in the sort of team when Kevin was really the one under pressure. We got promotion in the first season, and obviously myself and Chris played up front when we got in the first division, as it was then, and did really well together. Looking at your England career, 59 caps, should it have been more? That was a great talent, but should it have been more? Yeah, it, it could have been. I mean, obviously Graham Taylor decided that I, I wasn't good enough to be in his squad anymore, and, and I lost two years in many ways. But then when I, when I sort of came back to Newcastle, second spell, I got into the English squad again on the Telly Venables and uh, got another 10 caps really because Graham Taylor left me on 49 and you know it's possible I could have sort of got another 10 another dozen maybe but uh, unfortunately it wasn't to be Played in the 86 World Cup in Mexico scored against Paraguay the instant the talking point was the Maradona handball you know, I, I didn't see the handball did he handball? Oh definitely I think <laughs> I think from where I was I'll be honest I couldn't see I was in the halfway line and I couldn't, it wasn't obvious to me where I was, but it was obvious by Peter Shilton's reaction. That's how I knew. I didn't, I, I'll be honest, I didn't actually see the handball, but the fact that Peter Shilton was uh, going mad the way he was, I knew there was something wrong. And to be fair, handball was the only thing it could have been. But, uh, you know, sad as it was at the time, you know, we've all been in that position and if you can get away with it, you get away with it. So, you know, a lot of people were annoyed at Maradona and it was a shame for us because we, we lost out in the World Cup, but to be fair to him, if I had been an Englishman, we'd have been very proud, you know, it sounds stupid, but we'd have been quite pleased. Played under the Newcastle manager Bobby Robson for England, how good is he? You know, what's his qualities? His qualities are, he, he always respects the players and looks after the players. In all my time with England, you know, I, I had something like five years with him with England and, and never once did he put us in a bad position where he blamed the players. You know, sometimes, you know, Bernie, you've played the game. You have to, as players, hold your hands up sometimes and say, yeah, we've had a bad day. But he never once put us in that position, you know, and he always gave us the respect that we deserved and, and never really put us under pressure. He took a lot of flack, you know, and, and that was probably the time when England managers started taking stick, you know. Obviously, there was others after them, but uh, I think he took a lot of unnecessary stick, really, when we were to blame. Played alongside Middlesbrough boss Brian Robson. How good was he? He was magnificent. You know, he, he really was magnificent. I, uh, you know, I was lucky. Man. In the five months I was at Manchester United, Brian was the captain, and he looked after me absolutely brilliant. To be fair, and uh, he was a magnificent player. You know, in '86, had he ever remained fit, I genuinely believe we could have got to the World Cup final. He was that special. You know, we. We as players respected him very much, but I think he had the respect of other players, you know. He had the respect of people like Maradona, you know, Cruyff and all, and, you know. He really had that respect, and he was a very special player. Do you think he was cut out for management material, you know? Yeah, I think he always had that potential, you know. To be fair, Bobby Robson always asked his opinion, and, you know, I was, I was new to the game, really, at that time, but his opinions always seem very sound and, and very honest, you know, and, and I think that's what the Middlesbrough players probably feel now, you know, he's very honest, you see what you get, and uh, I think players can relate to that, you know, and uh, it really sort of did seem as though he would end up being a manager one day. 
Also played in the 1990 World Cup semi-final against Germany, ending in a penalty shootout. Most dramatic game you've played in? Yeah, I would say so. I think, uh, you know, we came up with a lot of credit that day. The game really could have gone either way. Germany obviously won in penalties, but in sort of the, the 120 minutes, it could have gone either way. Chris Wilder hit the bar, they hit the post, you know. Anything could have happened, but, you know, for a sort of funny story, you know, we're coming to the final whistle of the 120 minutes and we're picking out five penalty takers and Bobby Robson obviously was the manager. And uh, he picked the five and I was one of the five. And he came up to me and he went, there's 55 million back home watching, don't let me down, you know. <laughs> and it was just funny because any pressure I felt on there, that just took it away because it was just so funny, you know. And, and Guy Lineker couldn't believe it and he was laughing and joking. But that was Bobby Robson, you know. He, he wasn't trying to put me under pressure, he was trying to say, you know, there's people back home that we want to do this for. And, and obviously we lost on penalties and we came back with a lot of credit, you know. In the same game, Gaza spotted the tears. How good is Gaza? Well, for me, Bernie's, I mean, I've played with some magnificent players and he would be in my top three, no doubt about it. I, I took him under my wing when he, he saw it first come through at Newcastle when Jack John was manager. Jack John was very good for him, to be fair, and Jack sort of, in many ways, frightened Gaza. You know, Gaza was intimidated by Jack, yeah. and that was good for Gaza. You know, and then when he went to Tottenham, Terry Venables was good for him, to be fair. He knew how much sort of rope he could give him and, and sort of let him sort of hang himself or come through it. And to be fair, at Tottenham, he was fantastic. And I think, you know, having got injured in the cup final the way he did, yeah. we haven't seen the best of him since then, really. You know, he went to Lazio and did okay, but by his own admission, he hasn't done as well since that injury. And uh, that's the saddest thing for me, that he really hasn't progressed as he should have in your day, how much did playing and winning a derby game mean to you? You know, personally, I think it's lost a bit of a appeal yeah. due to the foreign influx. Yeah, I think, I think to be fair, you know, through no fault of theirs, the foreigners don't understand, you know, it's another game. You know, it's like us, if I went over to Paris, you know, playing for Paris Saint-Germain in a local derby, it wouldn't mean as much to me, you know. So, we can't always blame them, but it has lost a bit, I think. And, uh, you know, I was at the Middlesbrough Newcastle game at St. James early in the season, and... Uh, to be fair, Middlesbrough on the day were very poor. I think Brian Robson was very disappointed. And Newcastle coasted to a win, really. So uh, I think it has lost a bit. But uh, as a fan, you know, they're the ones that make it special for me. And uh, the Borough fans and Newcastle fans certainly make it special when it comes around. Have you had good memories playing against Borough? Yeah, the only, the only disappointment I've had is... Uh, I think it would be about three or four years ago when uh, Middlesbrough got to the Coral Cup final. We, uh, we lost to them. When they, when they lost to Leicester, we lost them in the fifth round, I think. I think we lost 3-1, Ravenelli scored, and uh, I think we took the lead, actually, through Shearer. Shearer mm -hmm. scored ahead of from the corner. But uh, that's the only time I've lost to Middlesbrough and all the time I've played against them, so uh, it's not too bad. I've never lost to them in the league, so... Uh, I mean, a, a special feeling, you know, being... Not being cheeky, but being a Brit, winning a derby game was a special feeling, you know, and... Uh, you know, winning against Middlesbrough also and for a Newcastle player was very, very special. As it was in reverse, you know, I remember the Middlesbrough players when they beat us that night were very cock a loop and deservedly so, you know. So I think it still means something when the game's over, but sometimes on the field it doesn't seem the blood and thunder that they used to be. This minute in time you've got a job with England. What exactly are you doing? Uh, I'm doing a bit of both, really. I'm involved with a full squad whenever they get together, you know, and hopefully I'll be involved in Euro 2000. We're looking forward to that. But my main job is really to help the under-17s and the 16s, you know, where there's a, there's a few boys from the northeast involved, Craig Dove's involved, yeah. and uh, Ben Clark from Sunderland and Michael Chopper from Newcastle. So I'm involved helping coaching them. Got the European Championships, you know, in, in, a, in a few weeks. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Having a great time, really. You know, it's not as good as playing as you know, but, yeah. but uh, it's the next best thing, really. And obviously being involved with England, for me, is a special thing.